At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Greg Peterson here, and welcome to the 263rd episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where three days a week we work together educating and inspiring you to become part of your food revolution. Nature doesn't waste energy, and by using natural cycles to work in our favor, we can harvest both plants and fish. Let us teach you how. Just text GROWFISH to 33444 or visit IWANTTOGROWFISH.COM and you will receive our free webinar on how to grow your own fish-powered garden. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have someone who is helping the next generation of healthy food visionaries. We're talking to Deanna Cook about kids and farmers markets. Deanna graduated from college and received a Watson Fellowship to travel around the world and collect recipes from kids. That sounds like fun. This led her to write her first book, The Kids Multicultural Cookbook. Keeping her focus on kids and cooking, she has been the creative development director at Family Fun, an editor at both Scholastic and Disney, and is currently the content director at Kidster.com and Kids book and cookbook acquisitions editor at Story Publishing. Deanna has written dozens of award-winning books for kids, including Baking Class and the best-selling Cooking Class and Farmer's Market Create and Play Activity Book. Welcome to the show today, Deanna. Hi, it's great to be here, Greg. And I am so glad you're here. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Sure. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Watson Fellowship. Um, That was a grant that I received after graduating from college, and it was awesome. They offered it to graduating seniors, and if you came up with a really good idea for why you wanted to travel, they would fund a year-long trip to anywhere in the world. Wow. I know. How lucky was I to get that? (laughs) Yeah. And I proposed writing a children's cookbook. I was an English major, and I love to write. I also, my last name is Cook, and I grew up thinking that I need to cook. And I worked in lots of kitchens uh, as a teenager. Mm -hmm. So I combined my interest of writing and cooking and proposed that I write a children's round-the-world cookbook. Wow. So tell me about that book. Well, it was written many years ago. It's still in print, uh-huh. but basically I got the peanut butter and jelly equivalent for all over the world. I traveled to maybe 20 different countries and met kids on, I, I took the school buses with them. I stayed with families and I'd say, you know, what do you like to cook? And then I'd go home with them, of course, with their parents' permission Right. and we'd cook together and yeah, it's, it's just a great book that teaches kids about all the different flavors in the world. Wow. 
Do you remember? I know it was a long time ago. Do you remember one of the ones that stands out for you? Well, one that didn't make it into the book was from northern Thailand. I was on the border in the far north of Thailand, and the kids wanted me to include a recipe on birds that they would use a slingshot and kill the bird, and then they would cook it up as their snack. And I said, you know, that sounds great, but I don't think I can include that in my book. But yeah. I still watched them. It was fun. Yeah. Wow. Well, and you know, you're dealing with different cultures that way, and that's you know, that's how they do it in their culture. Yeah. And then there were other recipes like making popcorn in Nepal with the kids and mm -hmm. they, they didn't put a lid on the top. They just oh my made gosh. The popcorn and it would go all over popping outside around their campfire. And that I feel like was a great story because it teaches kids about kitchens around the world oh. and that they're different in different places and right. not everybody has a stove inside. Some kids cook outside. Yeah. Didn't even occur to me until just this moment when you said that. <laughs> wow. So today I want to really kind of hone in on the whole farmer's market thing. And you've recently written a book called Farmer's Market Create and Play Activity Book. And this is for children, right? Right. It's for little kids, four and up. So why is it important to take your kids along to the farmer's market with you? Well, first of all, it's just a fun, wholesome thing to do when there's really nothing to do. At the farmer's market, kids learn where food comes from and what grows in their area. And they also get to support their local farmers and the good work that the farmers do. Plus, it's just great for them to be around all the fresh veggies and there's usually mm. music and sometimes there's activity tables with crayons and crafts. So yeah. I just highly recommend taking your kids to the far farmer's market. Yeah, I, you know, I noticed that at uh, our farmer's market close to the house here, it's an epic farmer's market. It's called Uptown Farmer's Market run by Bo Mostow. And she's a mom of four kids. And oh. one of the things that stands out at the entrance is this 20 by 20 tent with tables underneath it and coloring books. And so it's like very kid friendly. That's so nice. Yeah. I wish that I wish we had that when we were kids, but right. I, I didn't. Yeah, nor, nor did I, yeah. Well, and farmer's markets barely existed when I was a kid. That was in the 70s. I mean, I'm sure they were out there, but all we had was a Safeway. Right. Same with me. We yeah. had our garden, though. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. And and interestingly enough, for me, when in the 70s, when we did have our garden, but it was when we moved into the Weldon house, Mom said to me, Greg, see the right half of the backyard? That's your garden. Go start digging. So it's... I actually was running the garden in the 70s. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Long and sorted fun history. So so how do you make farmer's markets fun for the kids? Well, one thing, I have this um, scavenger hunt list. Oh. That's in my book, the Farmer's Market Create and Play Activity book. Uh -huh. And it's just a list of things that you can look for. And if the kids bring that along, it's things like look for food that grows underground. And do you know what that would be? Oh. Something like potatoes Potato, or carrots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or foods with seeds you can eat. So peas in a pod right. would be an example. Uh -huh. But it just makes it kind of fun. It's just a little scavenger hunt list. So that's one thing I would do. Uh -huh. And? Yeah, and then you can also just 
send them on a sort of hunt for different foods everywhere that are all the different colors of the rainbow Ah, and pick out a few things that they want to try to take home and cook Mm -hmm. and just talking to the different farmers and asking them about their favorite foods and how they cook them or how they grow them. Yeah. I know what we've done with our older classes I've, I've taught in the past is we actually send them on a scavenger hunt kind of thing, but to interact with the farmers as well. I know it's so wonderful to, yeah. if you if you listen to their little conversations with the farmers too. Yeah, they're little reporters. They have fun with that. Right, exactly, exactly. So, why does visiting and interacting with a farmers market have kids become healthier eaters? Well, it's really a great way to kind of pick their interests in in eating good foods. Like I said a minute ago, if you can get them to actually pick out some foods to try mm-hmm. and bring bring home and cook with, I mean, one thing you can do is just give the kids like a couple of dollars and say, buy anything that you want in the market mm-hmm. and let's bring it home and cook with that. Uh, and wow. once once they pick out something you can bring it home and cook together uh-huh. and cooking with food that they've chosen really gets them to experiment with new flavors and fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as they cook and they touch and smell and chop and sniff the food, they're just much more likely to eat it and to be a healthier eater. Yeah. So it sounds to me, I, I know one, all right, maybe we don't want to call it a trick, but one trick to get your kids to eat food is to have them grow it. Absolutely. That's a for sure. But it sounds like having them pick it out and getting involved in the process of picking out might kind of open that door as well. Absolutely. And it it just makes them feel like they've had some control over Mm -hmm. what they're eating. And if you give them, like I said, a couple of dollars and they pick it out, it's Ah, just they feel feel kind of grown up about it. And they're going to choose something that they're probably more likely to eat in the long run. So- Tell us about your farmer's market book. Well, the book is actually, it's really fun. It's almost like a kit in a book. Mm -hmm. It's all about playing farmer's market. And if you've ever seen kids sort of take off an imaginary play, Mm -hmm. they have so much joy. So the book has like pretend vegetables that you can pop out and it has play money so they can actually play store. It has stickers for making like a real cash register in a box. Mm-hmm. Plus it has things like the scavenger hunt game that I mentioned right. before. So it's almost like a little toy in a book that encourages the kids to just have fun and play farmer's market. Wow, cool. So not only is this a, an inspiration book when you go to the farmer's market, it sounds to me like it's kind of playing kitchen at home so they can it's a kit to actually kind of set up a farmer's market at home yeah exactly Ah. so it kind of takes the spirit of the farmer's market Mm -hmm. and helps you bring that spirit into your own playroom or living room at home oh how fun so what inspired you to do to create this first of all it's a brilliant idea congratulations and secondly what inspired you to write it Well, when my kids were little, they loved playing store with pretend food. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you do. Do you have kids of your own? I don't. I don't. Little kids that you're friends with. You've probably seen them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Playing 
playing store. They just love to play store. So that was part of it. And also I just love taking my kids to the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And I, I also, as a cookbook author, I felt like teaching kids about all the different colors and names of foods of mm-hmm. fresh vegetables from a farmer's market. It's really important to do that in the book. A big part of it is just these pop out beautifully illustrated beets and kale and mm, lettuces and right. squash and strawberries. So well, and story is story publishing is so good about putting together beautiful books. Right. And this is just it's beautifully illustrated. Yeah. And it's fun. Well, and plus you get to be a, an acquisitions editor at Story Publishing. Tell me a little bit about that. That sounds like fun. It, it really is. So after I wrote a, my book, Cooking Class, which I'll tell you a little bit about in a minute, uh-huh. I decided to actually go back to work part-time. And I love Story. And they said, oh, why don't you come and help? help us develop more children's books. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my role. And I also like cookbooks too. So I'm helping with cookbooks too. Fantastic. So cooking class, this is a kid's cooking book. Tell us about it. Right. So the book is called cooking class and it is 50, a collection of 57 different recipes that mm-hmm. kids can make with step-by-step photos. And a lot of them are inspired by the garden things. Oh yes. Fresh salsa recipe that's just made with cherry tomatoes and cilantro and the kids can use scissors to cut up the cilantro and make their own little salsa. And it has things like homemade chips and Mm -hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, desserts like carrot cake and cut carrot cupcakes actually. Just really fun, simple recipes that you kind of want your kids to learn Mm -hmm. before they grow up and leave home. And really it's maybe not specifically the recipes, but to start developing the skills. Exactly. There's a whole section in the beginning that's about how to use a knife properly, how to use a mixer, (laughs) how to clean up. There's even a section on like doing dishes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, because that's just as important. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Yeah, it's very important, as you know. So, you you can always do what Heidi did, and she she got a a guy that's me. I do all the cleanup. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I lucked out. She does all the cooking. So, That's great. Yeah. And you also have a book, Baking Class. So I assume cooking class is one set of recipes. Baking class would be another set of recipes. Right. And it's a very similar format Mm -hmm. of step-by-step photos. A lot of the children in the book are kids that live in my neighborhood that I've just invited over and Uh, have said, you want to learn how to bake bread from scratch? Well, let's make it together. And then we photograph that and mm -hmm. all the steps are shown and... Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, there's cookie decorating. And I realized with cooking class that the kids liked making the biscuits and the lemon squares and the cupcakes right? Really, the most. So the sequel book is all a lot of that kind of right. stuff. Wow. So 50 recipes in cooking class. And, and I'm assuming they're going to be recipes that kids are really going to love when they're done with them. Yeah, they feel proud of what they've made, you yeah. know created something from scratch and they serve it up to their mom or their dad Mm -hmm. or neighbor, whoever. And kids just love to cook. They love getting their hands messy. And so how do we get kids interested in cooking? 
Well, you know, you mentioned gardening. I think that's one terrific way of getting kids interested in the foods that they eat right mm-hmm. from the get-go. I mean, I remember as a kid loving to go outside and pick strawberries. And then after a while, I would start. I started making strawberry shortcake mm. mm-hmm. to put my fresh strawberries on. Or I, I do remember picking peas and shelling them and learning how to perfectly steam fresh peas in my own little pot. Right. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So I do think gardening and taking them to the farmer's market Mm -hmm. and just giving them the opportunity to to cook because some parents are concerned that it's going to make a big mess or... It probably is. And it, yeah, it, it is, but it's so important to teach, oh, yeah. teach them to cook because it's a life skill that, that they'll, they'll use throughout the rest of their lives. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that fairy and what you might have learned from it. Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> but one thing that happened to me, and I don't know if you, I think it's a failure in some ways, but mm-hmm. of my company that I worked for, I worked for magazines for many years for a magazine called Family Fun. And we were sold to another company. And at that time, my whole department was cut. So I was downsized. Mm. And that was just one of those experiences where you're going along in your life sort of thinking this is what's going to happen next. And, and then suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, I I don't have a job right now. I need to reinvent myself. I remember that first day when I was home, I just realized that it was such a gift in a way. Like I suddenly felt this freedom that I was home and I could go to the farmer's market in the middle of the day and I could meet my kids at the school bus after school and after working in office life for 20 years or something, it was really nice to suddenly have this time to be at home and um, to kind of reinvent myself. It really felt like a gift, (laughs) you know, and I have a very positive attitude. I'm kind of a glass is half full gal anyways, but Mm -hmm. I just remember waking up in the morning and feeling like I'm so thankful that I had that experience and thankful that I now have this time. Right. For me, I've been self-employed since I was 15, which was uh, 41 years ago. And the moments that I really cherish the most over the past 40 years were the end times. You know, Mm. it's like, okay, I'm ending and completing with this project. It's like, oh my gosh, what do I get to create next? Right. Right. Yeah. I know. And that that's true about being self-employed. That's uh-huh. the thing that I loved. I mean, I was self-employed for five years mm-hmm. and I still am because I work, well, I work for story part-time, but I also write books, which yeah. is my sort of self-employment right, <laughs> umbrella. Exactly. But it's true, like being able to be creative about, well, what's the next step? What mm-hmm. are we going to do next? And there's, you get, you get energy from the change. Right. Yay. Change is good. You know, you learn every day. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a a big proponent of constant learning. That is for sure. After being home with my kids that first year, that's when I came up with the idea to write cooking class. Uh, Because I realized that my kids could bake 
fancy things like meringues, but they actually didn't know how to boil eggs mm-hmm. and or make a pretty simple dinner for the family. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I have to teach them these recipes before they go off to college. And my my oldest one is now in college. And so the book was kind of like, okay, this is my chance to teach her everything she needs to know before she leaves home. Yeah. And I really feel like that was a success. Nice. And you've shared it in these books so that they can take them home with them. I know. know. (laughs) How cool is that? So what do you consider your biggest success? Well, I would have to say that the first book, the multicultural cookbook and traveling around the world, Mm -hmm. that was just kind of a great way to sort of jumpstart my career. Uh And everything else after that, I think has been really exciting, you know, being a magazine editor and I've gone on the Today Show. I've gone on Good Morning America. I've wow. hosted Food Network specials. And right, yep. I've gone on many, many book tours across the country and lots of exciting things. But I always come back to that, that if I hadn't written that book when I was 22 or whatever, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been where I am today. Yeah. And now as I'm a little older, you sort of see the dots all connecting. Yep. And I love that. Yeah. How cool is that? So what drives you? Well, I find a lot of joy in the work that I do in the in writing and editing books for kids. I kind of mm-hmm. love the creative process and the collaboration with photographer or mm. an illustrator or an art director. Mm-hmm. I love working with the kids, too. And seeing them when a book actually comes out, you're so proud of what you've created. But it's even better when you see a kid interacting (laughs) with the book. Yeah. And getting like a letter or something. There's a friend of mine just told me recently that her daughter loves the farmer's market book. And she's turned their whole dining room into a farmer's market. Nice. And has basically refused to take it all apart. (laughs) And she just spends hours kind of role playing in there. And Mm -hmm. she puts on an apron and (laughs) makes her mom buy food, you know, pretend food from the market. (laughs) Nice. And there's a lot, you know, I get a lot of joy out of hearing those stories. Yeah. You know, I get input from people as well about the work that I'm doing. And, uh, you know, that is such a nice piece of it is when when we get feedback from our listening audience that we're doing good. So I hear Oh, you. absolutely. Yeah, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, it seems like you're doing a great job. I love your show. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Well, there's so many books out there. And of course, my own books, I would yeah, recommend. Of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glass and Farmer's Market. But I also recently just gave my daughter a copy of Food Rules, Michael mm, Pollan's Michael book. Pollins, yeah. And it's just, it's, I love it. It's just short and simple. And it's great to read at the dinner table. If you do have kids, I love this quote, don't eat anything your great grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I always I think about that because yeah. my, my great grandmother lived on a farm in Ohio and yep. she milked the cows and made her own butter and ate real food. Yeah. And a lot of us don't do that. Yeah. Or to get out of the supermarket whenever you can. That's another one I love. Mm-hmm. I love to avoid the supermarket. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Go to the farmer's market. Right. 
go to the farmer's market. One of the things I encouraged my students to do at Arizona State when I was teaching there was, first of all, they got to write a paper on what is real food. Mm. So they got to define for themselves what is real food. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So use it. All you teachers out there, use that. The instructions were, write a paper on what is real food, go out and interview three people that you think would know what real food is, and then write from there. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, we could do that with little kids, too. Oh, Even right. like a five or six or yeah. eight-year-old. That'd be mm. a good one for your Farmer's Market Take Two book, Create and yes. Play. They could, uh, <laughs> they could uh, go to the Farmer's Market and ask the farmers what is real food. Right, right. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would say just teach your kids to cook. Don't be afraid of the mess. Teach them real skills and someday you'll be treated to a lovely dinner Mm -hmm. like I have been by my daughters recently. Nice. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Deanna. You're welcome, Greg. It was great to chat with you. Absolutely. And how can our listeners find you? Well, probably the best place is at my website, mm-hmm. com, And I also have an author page on Amazon where you can see all my books. All right. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash marketplay. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, Or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. 
Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.